Microsoft, Meta, and Qualcomm just announced some interesting updates to the AI market. Unfortunately, there might be some investors that believe this is bad news for NVIDIA. We're going to take a closer look in today's episode. But before, let me introduce my co-host today. Good morning, Billy. How's it going? Good morning, Jose. It is hot. Hot everywhere. (laughs) Definitely. So, Billy, on today's episode, uh, I want to take a closer look at this, which is called on-device AI. Uh, So, Billy, right now, when we're thinking about generative AI, I'm not sure if you used any of it so far, but you would kind of give it an input and you would get an output. Um, All that data, all the data that's being processed is being transfer to the cloud and the cloud is kind of used to doing all that computational power. And that's one of the main reasons that we have all these cloud server providers like Amazon, like Google, like Microsoft go out there and purchase numerous H100 and NVIDIA accelerators to kind of be able to do that computational power. But recently we have been hearing from companies like Qualcomm and Microsoft that they want to bring some of that computation on device. Uh, So they want to do that inference part or most of that inference part on local device. And there's a few reasons why one would want to do that. First, like I mentioned, that cost reduction. Now that the apps are going to be running on AI devices, it's going to reduce the cloud per query cost. So obviously it's going to be a lot cheaper for the cloud providers. Another thing is reliability and performance, right? If you're kind of running something on the cloud, you need to have connectivity to the internet. Um, But what what if you're somewhere where you don't have that kind of connectivity to be able to talk um, to another another device or another product in the cloud? Having it locally allows you to, to be a little bit more flexible on where you're at with your with your product. The third thing they mentioned, Billy, is privacy and security. That's one of the biggest things I think happening right now with generative AI or the problems is, hey, I'm sending this data somewhere and I'm collecting, I'm getting this output, but how do I know that my privacy is safe, that the data I'm sending is protected? Uh, and obviously if you're doing a lot of that locally, there's no reason for it to be unsafe, right? Uh, you, you're adding that extra security because everything's being done in the local in the local device. The final advantage of this is personalization. Obviously, there's so much data about you in your phone. You'll be able to make that generative AI more personalized to you and your and the answers you might need. Uh, So, Billy, I'm going to take a closer look at the next slide, but one of the biggest worries about something like this is, hey, if you're going to reduce the cost, uh, if you're starting to bring a lot of this computational power on device, you're going to reduce the amount of computation power you might need on these cloud server providers. So, in theory, you might reduce the cost, uh, you might reduce the need for GPUs, accelerators, things like the H100, which is one of the biggest growth opportunities for NVIDIA right now. So, Billy, I'm going to take a closer look at the next slide. But before I go there, any thoughts on what uh, what I just mentioned here, especially the advantages of on-device AI? Yeah, I mean, um, if the more and the closer and closer you can get to the end user, the better it would be both for um, computational power and privacy and security. Uh, Security of one's own data, whether you're an individual or a business enterprise, is a key factor I've noticed in a lot of the press releases coming out about new AI tools. So this is interesting. It's something to watch. Uh, you know, one had thought Qualcomm might be left behind in um, these AI wars, but um, uh, I mean, we'll see how good on-device AI is and if it can really 
if, it, if it's revolutionary or evolutionary, but it's definitely, you know, the AI space is moving very fast and it's def a new thing to, uh, to keep track of uh, for the, a lot of the mobile chip players. Discover the world of semiconductors without getting lost in the technical jargon. My new membership offers a perfect balance for investors looking to understand this exciting market. Using my electrical engineering knowledge and experience, I will release weekly exclusive videos ranging from quick 5-minute 101s to in-depth analysis, covering not just popular chip stocks, but aiming to explore every public semiconductor. Plus, join the private community of like-minded investors. Finally, I want to thank The Motley Fool for sponsoring this video. And check out fool.com slash Jose for the 10 best stocks to buy now. With that link, you get a promotional offer for the subscription service. Now, let's continue with today's episode. Definitely, Billy. And I, I want to say for any investor that might be curious about Qualcomm and their AI products or AI adventures uh, endeavors they do have a a white paper on what they call hybrid ai and this hybrid ai approach is where some ai workloads might be done on cloud and some workloads might be done in in, in on, on the local device and again you're going to get a mixture of everything you're going to be able to reduce the cost of certain products you're going to get to see a lot of the reliability and performance gain again so this hybrid ai is the direction that um qualcomm is going is trying to go into and that's why i believe um if we take a closer look at the next slide um earlier this week we did hear a pretty interesting announcement by microsoft and at the same time qualcomm actually released a uh, a news, uh, uh, some updated news as well, but I believe that Microsoft kind of overwhelmed what's happening at Qualcomm. Um, but for those that are not familiar, Meta earlier this this week announced that they are open open sourcing their large language model Llama Two, um, and they're partnering with Microsoft. So Microsoft is now going to have uh, with Microsoft and Qualcomm. So Microsoft is announcing that. Large language, uh, the, the Llama 2 will now be optimized to run locally on Windows. And that's kind of that open device AI that we were just talking about, on device AI that we were just talking about. At the same time, Billy, um, Qualcomm did announce that they are also working with Meta to enable on-device AI applications using Llama 2. Uh, so we're, we're, we're starting to see a lot more of kind of just Qualcomm talking about it. If Microsoft is talking about it, I do believe this might be a direction that maybe big tech is going to start to head into soon. Um, Qualcomm, just a quick breakdown of Qualcomm. They did mention that it's scheduled to make available Llama 2-based AI implementations on flagship smartphones and PCs starting from 2024. So, Billy, and, and any thoughts on this on kind of meta kind of open sourcing their, their Llama 2 large language models or kind of this partnership with Microsoft or Qualcomm? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, we all know Meta has lots of money and lots of smart talent. And everyone talks about Microsoft versus Google. But, you know, Meta is open sourcing its large language models. Um, and we're going to have to see if that might result in better, as good or better LLMs in the long run and what applications those are going to be used for. They're going to be used more for consumer applications. I'm not, I'm not even sure. And is Meta going to monetize it uh, somehow? You know, we're not sure. Um, I, I think, you know, open sourcing its Llama 2 models, it, I'm not sure if they're going to monetize it necessarily. It's just a way to sort of develop 
better tools that they can, you know, Meta has more proprietary data on people than anyone. And so, you know, they could release their Llama 2 generally and then still benefit by having a better LLM and then incorporating their proprietary data into their own tools for reels and for ads and stuff. So they're going to benefit. And it's possible that their open sourcing of the model will you know, allow them to become a, a pretty big player and maybe they can monetize some of it down the line. I mean, there are other SaaS company, software companies that are technically open source or quasi open source that still monetize their, their software. Um, so I, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, everyone talks about Microsoft versus Google and now we had Apple news that they're developing their own LLM, but uh, Meta could be a pretty advantaged player by the fact that one, they're open, open sourcing their generalized LLM, and then two, they have you know as much data as anyone out there, and it's companies with a lot of proprietary data that can benefit the most from AI. So I was excited to hear that, and it's interesting that they're partnering with Microsoft and Azure too to optimize it. That also goes to show you that. Um, well, I don't know. They're obviously not going to use Google's cloud because they're sort of competitors there. And I guess Amazon also competes with them in digital ads. So, I mean, Microsoft has digital ad platform too. <laughs> so I, I don't know, maybe, maybe they're the least in competition with Meta of, of the big three. So it's interesting that they chose to partner with Azure um, for cloud. It could be for competitive reasons. It could be that Microsoft appears to have, you know, an early lead in AI applications. Um, actually over July 4th weekend, I met I met a guy uh, at my brother's house who works for, I, I, well, I will not name the large company they look at, but he works for one of the big three cloud companies. And he said, yeah, Microsoft's got the early lead, but you know, eventually, you know, it's gonna be competitive for a long time. So um, that could be a reason that Meta and Microsoft are teaming up here and um, yeah, this Qualcomm news surprised me. I, I'm wondering, I, I'm wondering how much of this is the real deal and how much of this is just you know companies getting on the AI train, saying that they have AI products, doing their thing. I mean, Qualcomm's such a leader in mobile modems, but um, uh, I, it'll be interesting. But I, I really, I don't know. I, I have a little bit of Meta stock, and I was very happy to hear about all of this how much they're going into AI. I think it's going to benefit them a lot in the future. Definitely, Billy. And even though this came out about a week ago, this is something that investors have really had their minds on for, for quite a while. I, I do have this question here, uh, Billy, that came from NVIDIA's most recent earnings, which I believe was in May, so almost two months ago. Um, and, and this question came from Joe Moore. And it was, hey, um, just wanted to follow up on pretty much the focus on inference. Uh, right now, we are seeing that uh, big cloud customers are also talking about trying to reduce the cost of query by significant amounts. Can you talk of maybe where you might start to bring inference products into some maybe locally device? And NVIDIA kind of responded that, yes, that's obviously important, but inference is only a third of the battle. Um, usually when it comes to all this inference with generative AI, it usually comes with an application, right, Billy? And that application could have image in, video out, video in, text 
text out, image in, protein out, text in, 3D out. So, so many things, so many processing to do. So, there's so much pre and post processing where it, in reality, um, Jensen mentions that the length usually of inference is only 25% of the data, but overall the processing of inference like that pre-processing, that post-processing, the security still has to be done somewhere. So it, it seems like, well, right now we're only thinking about the inference in all types of applications. There's so much things that need to be done to make sure everything's secure, to make sure you're having the right input, the right output, decoding, encoding. Uh, so it does seem like as an NVIDIA investor, maybe it might not be um, that big of a deal at the moment. Uh, but, but Billy, any thoughts on, on this comment that Jensen men mentioned during it, its most recent earnings? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of computing that goes into AI. <laughs> so uh, the smaller the device, the more difficult it's going to be to pack all that stuff in. Um, and, you know, uh, chip scaling is still happening. But as we'll find out when we discuss TSMC, um, it's very expensive and very complex at the point where chips are right now. So there could be a limit as to how small <laughs> chips could get just based on chemistry and physics. Um, so I, I, again, that's why I was, I've been more on the skeptical side about how much is actually going to happen in device. Um, I'm sure some some workloads could be offloaded to a device, but I still think for a lot of enterprise applications for, you know, big tech, um, you know, platforms <clears throat> like Amazon and Meta, that's still going to have to be done in the cloud mm -hmm. or in yeah, a data center. Definitely, Billy. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, for me, I, I'm a huge NVIDIA investor, and I, I tend to follow this a, a, a lot. Um, and obviously, um, seeing more of on-local device, like you mentioned, I do believe it's going to happen, but the real question is how much. And it doesn't matter to some extent how much because there's still so much pre- and post-processing at the moment. So at the moment, I don't think this is a huge deal for a company like NVIDIA, um, but it is something that is evolving. Maybe we can come back in three, six months and see how maybe things are transforming forming and obviously it could be a whole different answer um, but billy i think this is a great way to kind of end this segment is there any final thoughts before i close out the episode uh no very interesting uh something to keep track of but uh i think that's a good place to leave it thank you billy